Good morning. I'm Jamie from Stemeyer Games, and I'm here today a little nervous because I'm testing out new streaming software. I did test it yesterday, but this is the first time using it actually live for hopefully a full hour here. I'm using StreamYard by the recommendation of, uh, of Brendan over at Out of Our Mind Games um, or Open Owl Studios. I think they renamed it. But yeah, thank you for that, that recommendation, Brendan. I really enjoyed using it so far. I used this software to record some videos yesterday, and I'm going to use it for live streaming on YouTube and Facebook simultaneously. So all comments should show up if you're on YouTube or Facebook. And it appears that people on YouTube, once I created the video, they were able to already start commenting. So I already have some questions over here in the sidebar. Also, it has a cool screen sharing feature where I can show you things like the uh, the charity auction that's live right now. I can look at it while I talk about it. I can also talk about the e-newsletter in real time. So I'll go back and do that in a second. Look at all this fancy technology. But uh, for now, I just wanted to welcome you to uh, to this livecast. If this is your first time, I am here every Wednesday at 10 o'clock Central Time in the morning for one hour. And I talk about Stonewire Games news, non-spoiler stuff. I don't spoil stuff that I haven't announced yet. Anything that I announce is in the e-newsletter, for example. And I also um, talk about uh, random topics. And I'm here to answer any questions you have, any, any obviously non-spoiler questions that you have. So, and one of the cool features I found in StreamYard is that I can show questions. So here's kind of a spoiler question. I'm not really gonna answer, but I'll show you what it looks like. Carlos asked that given the revised Tapestry Civ launch is near, uh, when will you start teasing some of them? So the answer to questions like this is whenever we actually start teasing it. I don't have a date yet, Carlos. Um, kind of depends on when they when they arrive at our warehouses. However, uh, the, the revised packs, so this is a, uh, a revised pack of, 31 civilizations from tapestry the first two expansions all civilizations in the first two expansions and the core game they are combined into one pack and we're actually putting them we had panda airmail us some copies that i signed those are all in the charity auction that i'm going to talk about a lot today so the advanced copies are ready it's just the ocean freight copies will take a few months to be ready carlos also had another question here with the aviary shipments underway um, and I have a shipping up update to follow this question. When will you reveal the meaning behind the teasers that you shared in the 2023 preview of your January newsletter? Usually, or not usually, I've only done this one year, but uh, the teasers that I share at the beginning of the year, I will share in mid to late December. But as for the shipments, I have good news about the shipments. All shipments for uh, Apiary and the Wingspan Fan Art Pack will be completed by the end of this week. So there are still a few shipments left in the US and in Europe. But as far as I have heard, all Australia, Asia, New Zealand, and Canada shipments have been completed, whether you're a champion or not a champion. So if you haven't gotten a shipping notification and you're in one of those regions, feel free to let us know. If you're in Europe or the U.S. or the rest of the world, any regions that I didn't mention here, they will ship from the U.S. If you haven't gotten a shipping notification by, I would say, the beginning of next week, because they should all happen this week, feel free to let us know. But for now, it's completely normal if you have not gotten your shipping notification, if you aren't a champion, um, because they're still finishing up some of those orders in the US and in Europe. That's for Apiary and for the Wingspan Fan Art Pack. Now, one of the products, the, actually the only new product that we're launching today, I'll remove Carlos's question, are the Wingspan Golden Eggs. Here's what they look like. So these are painted metal eggs. Uh, they're Wingspan Eggs. And we had these, we made these for last year's charity auction, but enough people said, hey, can you make these and sell them on the web store um, that we decided to do that. And we're doing it in conjunction with this year's charity auction. So that brings me to the charity auction itself. Let me show you real quick what we're looking at with the charity auction. So here's a picture of the golden eggs in the charity auction. I put these links in the description below. So what the charity auction is, is that we selected 10 um, content creators in the board game space that have not been a part of the charity auction in the past. And so we feature these 10 cre content creators. I highly recommend checking out their content, subscribing if you find that you like their content. I love all the all 10 of these creators. And each of the creators selected a charity. And for the winning bid for each of the auctions, I'll talk about what the auctions are in a second, but for the winning bid, the winning bid will go to that charity and we're gonna double the winning bid as well. Some of our games are gonna donate that amount to that charity. Um, but what's included in each of the auctions is a copy of Apiary, one of the ones individually numbered 1 through 10, copy of Expeditions Ironclad, also the ones individually numbered 1 through 10, an Expeditions Playmat, the Wingspan Fan Art Pack, uh, a Wingspan Digital Soundtrack donated by Monster Couch, this is a vinyl soundtrack, 
and I finally got to the pack of golden eggs themselves. One full set of the Wingspan vision-friendly cards, a signed advanced copy of the Tapestry final revised Civ pack. I mentioned that a second ago. And one advanced set of these Rolling Realms promos, Apiary, Boon Lake, and Scoventeer. Those will be some of the promos that we release or the promos that we release in early December. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, those are the things in the auction. And so uh, every auction is all of those items. So if you win the auction, you win all of those items. I think the total like list value just for all of those items by themselves is probably around $400. Usually the auctions get to be between $500 and $1,000. And we double that amount and donate the full amount to charity. And we ship these items anywhere in the world to the winning bidders. But obviously not everyone can spend $1,000 on something. And so that's why we're offering the golden eggs. You can buy these on our web store. And for every one that we sell, we'll donate $1 to each of the 10 uh, charities selected by the people, uh, the content creators who are participating in the auction. Yeah. There is one auction, I, I won't go into detail on it, but there's one charity that was selected that I think the person who selected it and us did not know that there was quite a bit of controversy surrounding the charity that they selected. And so I brought that to the person's attention this morning and they are working on selecting another charity for it. So we'll soon have the charity for one that is missing a charity. Um, yeah, let me go over to questions real quick. I think there are probably some questions that I'm missing here. And then I'll go back uh, up to, to show off other things in today's newsletter, because there is some other news. Let's see. Um, I'm just scrolling through looking for questions right now that I can pop up on the screen using this StreamYard software that I'm trying out today. Uh, here we go. Here's a question. Nazee says, uh, how would you feel if someone made a trick-taking game with a side theme and released it as a free print-and-play on BoardGameGeek using some parts of the original artwork for Jakob? Um, Nazee, that's a, that's a fair question. I think you could use uh so using Jakob's artwork without permission would not be okay yeah you, you can't use the permission the artwork of an artist and release it in any way um even if you're not selling it without their permission so um that that part wouldn't be okay but if you wanted to make a trick taking game uh to give away for free that is inspired by scythe and doesn't use any of the trademark terms in the game so you can't use the word scythe you can't use 1920 plus um that's fine. So essentially a steampunk themed trick-taking game. That's fine. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you asking about that. Yeah. Good morning, Josh. Josh is part of the auction here today. Um, so I see uh, William. Here's William here. Uh, William and Eric joined me yesterday for a recording. We recorded a, um, a video about abstract games. So that'll, that'll, it, we're, I'm a little ahead of schedule on my Sunday videos. That'll take a few months to be released. But thank you, William, for joining me and, and Eric yesterday to discuss abstracting. That was a great conversation. I really enjoyed your insights. The video that went live this past Sunday was a state of the channel video. So this was me looking at the the YouTube channel, the game our game design YouTube channel over the last couple of years and what has improved and what could improve in the future. And one of those improvements is uh, is that people suggested using either OBS Studios or using StreamYard, and StreamYard is what I'm using today to record this video. So so far, StreamYard has worked pretty well. I'm really enjoying using it. Um, well, yeah, that was the state of the channel. I also recapped that state of the channel on the on Monday's blog post, and what was Thursday's blog post? Thursday's blog post was about oh, it was about uh, recent advertising results. I talked about a game called Kelp that has been advertising and how Stonemaier Games has also been using some ads on Facebook and Instagram recently, a little experiment to see how that how that works and how that goes. Lady, okay, let's see. The question is, restock planned or in progress for nesting boxes US? Yes, uh, we are uh, in, in production uh, for the nesting boxes. And I don't think, unfortunately, they'll arrive by the holiday season. I think they'll probably arrive in January, unfortunately. Um, that wasn't the intention to miss the holiday season, but unfortunately, it, it does look like they have that, that, that will be the case for the nesting boxes. We do, however, have some restocks today, some important restocks. One of them is that Euphoria, Ignorance is Bliss, and Euphoria itself are back in stock in our web stores. Uh, this is something we've been working on for a while by popular demand to bring Euphoria and Ignorance is Bliss back, and we did it. 
They are almost exactly the same, except for we made one change to the board in Euphoria where we included the ex expansion version of the board on, on the back of the board. So the board is double-sided now, one with the original board, one with the expansion board, which just adds a few little, a few little modifiers that uh, you can also modify with stickers that are included in the expansion if you don't have that board. Um, the other thing that we're back in stock finally are the Parks and Biddy and Walter promo realms for Rolling Realms. Uh, yeah, we've been waiting for to get these back in stock for a while. Here's what the Parks realm looks like. We the original printing we thought were fine, but then we discovered later that the dry erase coating on those realms wasn't working quite as well as it should have. So we removed them from the web store and had Panda reprint them with a proper coating. And those are back in stock today on our web store, along with the fancy golden eggs. Uh, Monkey Butler says, if we purchased Biddy and Walter, should we note it in the current order or should it be if we previously? So if you previously purchased Parks or Biddy and Walter from us, you should have gotten an email from me yesterday. It's probably in your spam folder if you didn't get it. Um, so if you previously purchased those realms, if you purchased like the version of it that where the dry erase wasn't working, uh, then you should have an email from me. If for some reason you don't have that email from me before you buy them, please, well, Actually, I don't know which way we want to go. Uh, I would say go actually, go ahead and uh, so what, what what we're doing for these people who have already bought Parks and Biddy and Walter in the past, like months ago, is that we are offering the new versions to them for free. Um, but uh, so you should have that email. If you don't have that email, I would say go ahead and make the purchase, um, and we will reimburse you the amount for those two realms. So what we're providing for free is the cost of those two realms. Uh, we're not providing shipping for free. So you probably want to include something else in the order to justify the shipping rate. Um, but yeah, check your email first, check your spam folder. You should have an email from me yesterday with uh, with information about that. But if you don't, feel free to go ahead and purchase purchase the realms and anything else that you want in the order and then contact us at contact.stillmeyer.com for us to refund that amount. And if you do that, please state your current order number and the, if you can, the original order number that had Parks and Biddy and Walter, because this, this offer is only for people who only who had previously bought the version of Biddy and Walter and Parks or Parks and or um, that, uh, yeah, if they previously bought it before today. Let's see. Kevin says, with the eggs, will you still donate $1 to 10, champ, ter, ten, ter, ten charities if it's a champion order? Yes. Kevin, of course. Yeah, for every order placed during the charity auction, so through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, every order placed for the golden eggs on our web store, we will donate $1 to each of the 10 charities selected by content creators for this year's charity auction. I'm going to look at questions for a minute. In fact, let's glance over at the e-newsletter real quick. So here's the e-newsletter. We talk about the charity and the golden eggs. So this reiterates the idea that, that Kevin just asked. And yeah, of course, any type of orders, a champion order, non-champion order, that doesn't matter. We're here to donate. Like the purpose of these are is to be charitable. Um, so we're donating one eight one dollar each to each of the 10 charities selected for the auction. Here's everything in the auction right here. All these things are in the auction. Some reasons here to, to check out the auction. Here's the web store update I mentioned. We have Euphoria and Ignorance's Bliss back in stock, along with Parks and Biddy and Walter Realms. Uh, we now offer local pickup. If you're in St. Louis, there's a local pickup option. We also offer UPS ground shipping. Some updates here about apiary. So yeah, apiary, uh, are just that we're now shipping. Shipping will be complete for launch orders by the end of this week. So a little bit of news about Wingspan Oceana Di Digital. On November 7th, there will be an announcement about the release date for Oceana Digital. This is from the uh, the developer Monster Couch, not Stillmeyer Games. And a little bit of news about Rolling Realms Redux. So this is the new core set of Rolling Realms that will release probably late next summer. And the realms that we've announced for this so far are that there will be Planet Unknown, Legacy of You, Edoa, and Poker will be four of the 12 realms included in that box. We have standard progress update. I know I'm scrolling pretty fast, but anyone can click on the, this uh, this uh, uh, link to see what I'm talking about here. I'll go back to questions because I've gotten further enough further down that uh, that newsletter than I thought. Let's see. Convert to Dynamesh says, do you enjoy deck building games? I love deck building games. Yeah. 
Uh, if so, what mechanisms and interactions make a deck builder fun to play? He says, I recently launched a Kickstarter for his game, City of Murkesh. Um, let's see, one of my favorite things in deck building games. I, uh, so Clank and Dune Imperium are two of my favorites. They're actually from the same designer. I also really love Star Wars deck building game, a recent deck building game. Each of them have a very different form of deck building in them. But uh, what's one of my favorite things about it? I don't know. I, I, in general, I like the flow of the game of deck building games. I like that they're typically roundless. So you're just taking a turn, the next person takes a turn, and so on. As long as the terms, turns remain quick and simple and, uh, and, and, and that roundless aspect of them. Dune Imperium does have rounds. I, I don't mind the rounds in that, but Clank doesn't have rounds. A Star Wars deck building game doesn't have rounds. You just take turns back and forth until someone wins the game. And I generally like that element of deck building games. Uh, again, if you're joining me for the first time today, uh, I'm testing out StreamYard for the streaming service. So this is streaming on YouTube and Facebook at the same time for the first time ever. The Board Game Garden, one of our, uh, our content creators that we featured in last year's charity auction, uh, says, what an absolute honor to be included in the charity last year. Can't believe it's already been a year. Yeah, it's it's. I think this is our 10th annual charity auction. So we featured around 100 different content creators that we love, including, of course, the Board Game Garden. Um, I still, of course, subscribe to your channel and enjoy it. And yeah, so if you are looking to discover new great content uh, to, to follow, content creators to follow, check out this year's charity auction. The link is in the description here. And also you might go back and look at previous years as well because there's, you know, like I said, around a hundred different amazing content creators that we featured over the last 10 years. Let's see, Okie Dokie Creation says, are we going to get any blog posts or thoughts on using new tools or processes in life? As people, we seem to be reluctant to change, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on adopting changes in life. Interesting question, philosophical question here. Blog post thoughts on using new tools or processes in life. Hmm. How do we, how do we change? I, I do think I have a blog post on the topic of change, but I can't remember which one it is because I've written a lot of blog posts. But that is, I, I like that blog post idea. Like what um, what inspires individuals to change? What 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 do I do uh, when I'm trying to change a routine or change a pattern or break out of a bad habit or a bad pattern? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I'll have to think about that one. I it, have to have a good answer off the top of my head, but I love the idea of doing a blog post on it. So thank you for bringing that up. Tony says, are any backed games delivering for you soon? I'm excited to get the final expansion for Canvas in the next few weeks. Tony, I have a few games on my shelf of opportunity. One, I have the new Ark Nova expansion, which I'm playing for the first time tomorrow. I have Earthborn, uh, Earthborn Rangers, which I'm really looking forward to playing. And I have the Role Player Adventures expansion as well. Those are all on my shelf of opportunity right now and will get played soon. All will definitely get played soon. Let's see, Steve says, I know that Wingspan Asia just came out last year, but is there any word at all about the next expansion for our beloved Wingspan? The card separators from the nesting box have left me excited for months. Well, Steve, there is a little hint at this in the, today's newsletter. You can see down here at the bottom that I have added Wingspan Expansion 4 to the e-newsletter progress chart. So um, this is also on the news page of our website. If you're ever curious to see how something is coming, how a project is coming along, Wingspan Expansion 4 is now on there. And you can see these two icons refer to design. So it means that the, the design is in progress and that the art is in progress at the same time as well. Naziz says, can we play Euphoria on mobile? There are a few different ways to play uh, Euphoria. Um, there is uh, boardspace.net has it. I, would, I think that's the main digital way to play it. You can also play it on Tabletopia. I'm not sure if you can use Tabletopia on mobile, but Euphoria is on Tabletopia as well. Garrett says, what games are you planning on playing for game night? Tonight is my virtual game night on Board Game Arena. I do that every other week. And I don't have a game picked out for Board Game Arena. So if anyone has something they've been loving on Board Game Arena that you think I should play tonight, let me know. I'll, I'll consider playing it at game night tonight. Some games I've played recently are... Uh, oh, Unrest, just played Unrest recently, played Quest of Quinlanburg. We meant to play Betrayal Legacy last night, but we ended up just enjoying the company of, of another couple. Um, I played Renature and Hidden Leaders also recently. Those are the videos, the first videos that I've recorded on StreamYard, and they will start to go live in the next few weeks so you can see what it looks like. It was actually, so one of the cool things about StreamYard that I didn't know 
Uh, it's not just for streaming, which is a little bit uh, unintuitive from the name, but StreamYard also can record videos. And one of the coolest things is, because I am not someone who edits my videos, as you know, I just press record. I record for like five to 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes for longer videos, and then I stop. And sometimes Joe goes back and adds uh, titles and, and images to the videos. But one of the coolest things now that I can do without any editing, while I'm talking about a game, I can show it on the screen. So for example, I'll show you what it kind of looks like here. I'll pull up another tab. So I did a video about unrest recently. And so while I'm talking about unrest, while I'm recording the video about unrest, I can switch over to this layout and I can look at images from the game and I can talk about, uh, I can talk about the, the areas that you're trying to, um, free as the rebellion in unrest. I, I can talk about, and I can even zoom in here a little bit, make it a little bit bigger. I can talk about what the empire is doing with these tokens. So I can point at things while I'm talking in real time. I'm sure you've seen many other content creators do this, but I didn't know that I could do it without editing. And now I know I can do that and it's pretty incredible. So I'm really excited about that aspect of recording on StreamYard in the future. I do have a question though. Let me, I, I'll ask this. I know I'm missing a lot of comments here. I will go back and catch up. I'm about 10 minutes behind. But I do have a question for you in general today. Someone mentioned, or a few people have mentioned, that I can schedule, when I'm doing these live streams, I can schedule them for the future so that you can see in, say, your YouTube feed, uh, the little thumbnail that says, notify me for this future airing of, of live stream. So I could do that. However, I have found for me personally, when I'm scrolling through my YouTube feed, that I tend to ignore videos that aren't actually yet videos. Uh, there's an increasing number of videos that have that little notify me button instead of just giving me the video when it's ready. Um, and I don't know. So I, I found that I'm more drawn to videos that, that I can just watch. I can click on and watch in YouTube. And if it gives me the notify me, even though I could click on notify me because I don't really yet know if I'm interested in watching it, uh, I tend to ignore it. And then I, I tend to miss it maybe in my feed. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Do you like on YouTube, in your YouTube feed, when you can click notify me and get a notification when the video goes live in the future? Or do you just like the video to pop up in your feed um, when it's available for you to actually watch or participate in, in live in real time? Let me know what you prefer there. I, I can maybe try a little bit of both to see what you end up preferring, but I'm, I'm curious if you already have a preference there about the scheduling videos in advance and having to click notify me or not needing to, but you could click notify me to hear about it in the future. Let's see. Derek says, I've, try, I've been trying to find out if the rights are available to make a card game based on the first season of the show, The Last of Us, but haven't been able to get a response from Naughty Dog or any of the companies involved in the show. Any tips on how to get in contact with them? Derek, um, I don't have tips on how to get in contact with them. I think you've contacted probably the right parties. Here's the thing that I would say though, if you're having this much trouble getting in contact with them, uh, well, A, it probably means they're not interested. Or B, it's an indicator that working with them is going to be really difficult because if they're not willing to get in, reach out to you now or even give you a quick response now, then can you only imagine what it's going to be like to work with them over the next few years if you did actually get that intellectual property? So in general, I think there's a general rule of thumb. If you're trying to work with someone and they're not responding, that is indicative of the type of communication you're going to get from that person forever. Uh, I know that's you know, sometimes that's too quick to judge, but it it's a big red flag. So unfortunately, Derek, if, if you're not getting that type of communication, I don't think you'll see that communication improve in the future. And it's a sign that they're going to be really difficult to work with. But most likely, it's just that they're not interested or that they're too busy to reply, um, which goes back to my second answer as well. Mark says, any news on the Apiary Scovintier and Boon Lake promo realms? Yes, Mark. So one of the fun things is they are included in this year's charity auction. You can see them right here on the charity auction, right in here. So they're going to the charity auction winners, which means that they're also in the progress in progress of uh, in the process of shipping to our fulfillment center. So they will be available on our web store um, in late November, our late November, early December newsletter. Uh, oh, George says, uh, this is a fun comment, just the past week, got to go to pieces while visiting St. Louis for business, would never have known about that if it weren't for my recommendation. I'm glad to hear that, George. Thank you for checking out pieces. That's where we host our annual design day event. And it's just a wonderful space. I need to go game there more often because usually when I play games, it's with friends at our houses. But 
the the vibe at pieces is really really cool and their food and drinks are legitimately good so uh it's, it's just a, a neat place to play games and hang out with people julio says i've noticed that you are th liking lighter games lately what do you think has influenced that i noticed the same for myself and it and it is due to a change in group so julio yeah there's a specific reason for that for me um i i I host a, a bi-weekly game night, and at that game night, many of the people who show up are there to play shorter games. They tend, they, I think they just tend to be lighter gamers. They play games that range in from 20 minutes to an hour. Not that an hour-long game is lighter, but lighter, shorter games. And we usually get in a few games at that game night. And I think the presence of those people at that night has, has made me appreciate and play a lot more of those lighter games. However, I also attend a heavier game night a game night with a very different focus where the people at that game night play really long games, games that go from two to three hours. And they often play them many, many times. So they don't just play the new hotness one time. They play a game over and over and over again. So I think it's neat that, that I have access to those two types of groups. It's just that with the lighter game group or the shorter game group, we get in many more games and uh, many new games. Uh, so I tend to talk about them more often, even though I am also playing these heavier, longer games. It's just that I only film one video about them typically. However, that will also change. In the near future, I'm going to start filming some short form videos where I talk about three things I love or th three, three things, three interesting things to me, design related things to me about games that I played at least three times. So I'll delve into games that have been in my collection for a while that I continue to return to and actively am playing multiple times. Tony says, does somewhere have any plans on broadening its game offerings to include light filler games? Not really, Tony. Yeah, I think our focus is still on event games, even though even event games that only last 45 minutes. I think 45 to 90 minutes is the sweet spot for our games. But no, we don't we don't plan on offering um on, on offering lighter games. There are lots of other companies that, that do that really well. So the sweet spot for all of our games will be at least 45-minute games, kind of the meat of a game night even if it's a shorter game night. Bojan says, will there ever be a mega expansion for Rolling Realms like, like Redux, which isn't actually an expansion, with, but with all the expansion packs included? And the answer is definitely not. No, I appreciate you asking about that. Here, I'll leave the question up here on screen. But no, the way that we'll sell anything that we've already created for Rolling Realms is exactly the way that we currently sell it. So either in the Rolling Realms core set or as separate promo realms, um, which we do discount quite frequently. Uh, and the Rolling Realms Redux is I guess it, it, you could think of it as an expansion, but really it's a new core set of Rolling Realms. Same rules, just twelve completely new realms. Uh, but no, there will there will never be a consolidation of the realms that we've already printed. Uh, they will always be available only as promos. Um, and I would say, based on the rate of us selling through most Rolling Realms promo realms, I doubt many of them will be reprinted uh, based on demand. There's enough demand for us to sell through those copies of the realms. But uh, but if you are interested in the realms that we already have for Ruling Realms, I would recommend getting them. Because if we do sell out, I'm hesitant to think that there's another 1,500 people interested in buying a reprint of those promo realms. Um, and I can say just for sure that we will never consolidate them in any other way. They will always be available in exactly the original way that we release them. Joshua says, uh, another question about Rolling Realms. Will, will it be possible to purchase both Biddy and Walter and Parks Realms in one order, but only receive the discount for one of them? In the past, I've only purchased the Biddy and Walter realm. Joshua, that's a good question. A um, little bit of a loophole. Uh, not really. I mean, it, it, you can, you essentially will get the other one for free if you did not purchase it originally. So um, I appreciate you asking about that. But yeah, if you, if you have the special... If you previously ordered Parks or Biddy and Walter, um, you get them you get them for free now. If if you order it based on the email that I sent yesterday, this is if you ordered it many many months ago. They are the, the reprinted versions are not free. They are available for purchase on our web store now. Um, let's see. Mark says he didn't get the email. Mark, it might be in your spam folder. Maybe there was a glitch in the way that we exported it. But uh, if you haven't gotten that email and you did previously purchase those realms, you can go ahead and purchase them. And what we're offering for free is the cost of those realms, uh, not the shipping, but just the cost of those realms. You can go ahead and purchase it and then let us know uh, your order number as usual, and we'll refund you for the cost of those realms. Yeah. 
Josh says he played APO for the first time the other day. I'm just curious about as to why someone would choose the landing area instead of the ready area. Yeah, this is a little point of confusion. I'll, I'll use this opportunity to clarify this rule a little bit, Joshua, uh, or Josh. So in apiary, whenever your workers are bumped, you can either bump them back to your active pool, so workers that are ready for you to place on a future turn, or you can bump them to your landing area. And really the only reason that you ever do this is because whenever you retrieve workers, not when you bump them, it's when you retrieve workers, take a retrieve turn, that's when you activate your farms. So there might be a time where you want to activate a farm where you're planning to do a retrieve turn, um, where you want to activate as many farms as possible. You can only activate one farm per worker in apiary when you retrieve, um, but someone bumps you and you're like, oh shoot, I, that's a little frustrating. This happened in playtesting quite a bit where your playtesters were frustrated because they wanted to activate the income on their farms, but they weren't able to because their worker was bumped. In that case, you can bump the worker over to your landing area where nothing happens to the worker yet. It just sits there. You can't do anything with it. And then later on, when you take a retrieve turn, you retrieve that worker from your landing area to your active pool. You increase its strength, and that's when you can use it to collect income from a farm. That's why you might do it in Apiary. It isn't used very often, but it is used sometimes to remove that little point of frustration. Uh, let's see. Uh, Basshead says, any thoughts on being persistent with a project versus moving on? Ten, more, 10 months working on a game, I bounce back with, between doubt and enthusiasm. I feel rushed to finish, but also think like fine wine, it takes time. Yeah, that's a great question. This is the reason that I always work on at least two different games at a time, because I can bounce back and forth between the two. But there are times, and I think it's really hard to tell when this happens, but there are times where I realize I'm just no longer excited to work on this, or this isn't working. The playtesters just aren't responding to this project. And I think it's really important, both for you personally and for the game industry and game community as a whole, that uh, designers and publishers be become more and more selective about those games that aren't getting the rave reviews from playtesters. Uh, I think it's important to say, okay, I'm glad we worked on this, we learned from it, but this isn't a game that... I'm going to continue to pursue because it's not uh, it's not achieving the goals that we set for it. It's not something that's going to really, really delight people and bring joy to a lot of people, um, given that the huge influx of games. So I think that's a, that's a great question to ask personally and for any publisher to ask themselves professionally. I, I definitely ask that to myself. Kevin says, when you're sharing your browser, would you try zooming in? It's a little small. Um, yeah, so let's let's try this right now. Uh, so. Yeah, I, well, I can do that. I can do it. Kevin, I'm a little hesitant because I have all my Zooms set to the way that I like them to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, I can do that. I guess if I'm looking at writing, word, writing that I really need you to see, I can definitely do that. Chad says, what do you like and don't like in a contract fulfillment game? That's a, that's a fun question, Chad. I do have a, a video about contract and mission fulfillment. Um, here's what I, I'll say what I, what I really do like. I love in Lords of Waterdeep that whenever I complete a mission, it gives me not just points, but gives me something that can help me complete the next mission, giving me the feeling that I have made forward progress in the game. I've, I've done something and now I can kind of steer that into the next thing that I want to do, this order of operations puzzle that Lord of, Lords of Waterdeep presents. And so I guess on the converse, typically in games where there's order fulfillment, where you're just getting points instead of just points and a benefit, points and income, points and something else, um, those are usually a little bit less exciting to me. The champion faction says, I was excited, excited to get Apiary and Scholars of the South Tigris delivered in the same week. I'm enjoying them both a lot. Have you played Scholars of the South Tigris? I have played, I have played it. Yes, I played it a few times. It's been a little while, but I do have a video up about it. Um, I think I'm thinking of the right game, Scholars. I, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, here, we'll, we'll, I'll search my YouTube channel real quick to see if I have played Scholars, but I'm pretty sure I have. Obviously, it's been a while. Scholars. No, I played Wayfarers. I haven't played Scholars. I'm sorry. Okay. I played Wayfarers in the South, South Tigris, but not, um, but not Scholars. Um, Hilda has a good, so there was a question about changing habits and Hilda has a recommendation here. Atomic Habits is a great book about the power of small habits to form long-term change. Thank you for that recommendation, Hilda. 
Mark has a question. In designing a board game, how many players do you control in the early stages of the design process? Huge. Uh, so over the last few years through the pandemic, I, I started playtesting by myself and then I, I expand to other players. When I playtest by myself, usually I do it two players. I have one player myself. I'm in full control of that. And then the second player, I kind of just automate very cleanly and briefly just so I can have uh, see what those interactions would look like in the game. Convert to Dynamesh says, have you heard of the game called Brew? Really fun dice man resource management game. Picked it up recently, and I love it. I have heard of it. So I'd recommend uh, Convert to Dynamesh. It sounds like you, you might not know about my YouTube channel, and I'd recommend checking it out because on my YouTube channel, I talk a lot about deck builders. I talk, I talk about Brew. I talk about a vast variety of games. So feel free to check out the YouTube channel. I'll post a link in the comments below. Um, and uh, check it out. Yeah, I, I talk about a lot of different game design topics there and you can search it for specific games if you're curious about that here i have the link now post it down in the comments um yeah yeah anyway yeah and you can look, search for things like deck builders too to see like my top 10 deck builders the things i love about deck builders topics like that so i asked earlier i said earlier that i'm playing game night on board game arena tonight a few people have some answers now uh someone suggests 61 autumn leaves spots i do love spots New Frontiers. I haven't played New Frontiers. Josh says, uh, Mansions of Madness, Apiary, and Sky Team. Not on Board Game Arena. Although Sky Team, Sky Team is one that I would like to try on Board Game Arena if we if I end up only with one other player tonight. Um, Nate says, do any of the selected charities support Jewish or Muslim people in need in the Middle East conflict? Uh, I don't think any of the content creators selected those uh, charities, although I will say that these charities were selected many months ago before that conflict, or at least the conflict as we're seeing it today, started. So I reached out to these content creators back in like July. So uh, they they were not aware of the conflict or the, how big the conflict would get um, when they selected the charities. Steve mentioned Space Space or Azul on Board Game Arena. Both are, of those are great on Board Game Arena. Um, okay, so I asked a question about the notify me option. Monkey Butler Lab says, I like the notify me as I tend to be busy and miss the start of things. YouTube notifications are hit and miss. Muse and Metal says they like notifications too. So people, sounds like people like the option to notify. So I'll, I'll try that next week to see how that works out. Uh, although Ray sounds like he's more like me. He says, I usually ignore upcoming videos and just watch it when it's available. I check channels that I follow on YouTube frequently enough that anything else is just an extra step. I'm the same way, Ray. I guess the compromise that I should uh, should mention is that even if I don't click notify me, when the video is actually available, it does show up in my feed. So I can just pay attention to it then if I want to. Brian says, will Expeditions and Apiary go to BGA? Uh, my hope is that both of them will be on BGA in around three to four years. Uh, that's our, our, our plan for using BGA, that we want people to discover our games and play them on the tabletop first. And so... Well, that's why we try to space them out, give them a few years before they appear on a platform like Board Game Arena. Of course, they do appear, appear almost as a tabletop version of the game on Tabletopia well before then, usually on the release date. Apiary will be available on Tabletopia on November 17th. That's the retail release date. But yeah, for any new game, there'll be about three years before we'll even really consider it for Board Game Arena. And then it usually takes the developers at Board Game Arena another like one to two years. So maybe after two years, I'll reach out to Board Game Arena and say, hey, uh, we're ready for you. If you want to put our games on your platform or put these games on your platform, is there a developer that you have that is interested in doing that? It all comes down to the developer being available and interested in doing it. Uh, sorry, just scrolling down, looking for questions here. Some of the, uh, let's say, I'll talk about other topics while I'm doing this. Um, so obviously the, the big news today, again, is that we have, I'm looking at my other screen here, we have today's annual charity auction, which features 10 amazing content creators and the charities they selected to feature. We, some of our games donating around 10 different products. All 10 go to each auction winner. Uh, the auction will last through Friday morning. And at that point, we'll gather the, the winning uh, bids from those auction bidders and we will make the donation. We will double the donate donation. And I should mention, I should have mentioned this earlier. One of the big things about this auction, I'll show you on the screen here, is this section right here, fulfill right. 
uh, is a company that uh, that that makes games. Um, uh, not that makes. I'm sorry, I was distracted for a second there. That's, all the all the other things on my on my tabs here are, can be distracting. But uh, Fulfill Right is a company that ships products and ships games for content creators and and uh, and publishers. They have done this many years in a row. They are offering to match the highest winning bid among among all the auctions. So whatever, whichever auction has the highest winning bid, um, they're going to match that themselves in full. And they're also offering uh, a two hundred dollar. $200 off the fulfillment of your next Kickstarter campaign if you sign up for Fulfill Right during the charity auction. So I think it's amazing that Fulfill Right, there's no pressure for them to ever do this, but they always sign up to do it. And I think it's pretty incredible that they do that. So Fulfill Right, pretty amazing that they do that. Liberation Game Design says, my own game is pu was published last month. I now have publishers interested in localizing, but they want to do a small print run. Should I do a separate Kickstarter campaign for this, maybe with a small expansion? Um. It's a fair question. I I generally, when we work with localization partners, we generally steer away from using crowdfunding for that purpose. Um, just because I want their commitment to, to make the game and then I coordinate the making of the game. I have an article about this on our website. If you go to Stomar Games and search for localization, you'll see um, you'll see a lot of information about how we approach this. So the, the approach that I like for localization partners is that if I have multiple partners who are interested in the game, I reach out to them or we reach out to them, Susanna does, and says, hey, we have this new game available. Who is interested in this? And here is the deadline by which we need your translated files for the game. And then we will make a single print run with all of the copies of the game that you want as part of that print run. However, even with a smaller print run, you still have minimum order quantities, MOQs. So for us, it's 1,000 games, ideally 1,500, but we can do 1,000 with Panda Gaming, Game Manufacturing. And that applies uh, that that applies no matter the language, um, because if you have any sort of uh, language dependent components, so it's not like you could do a print run of two hundred cards in one language and then three hundred in another language. The minimum, typically for most manufacturers, is a thousand. So doing a, a consolidated Kickstarter, I, I don't think that completely makes sense. I would just gather at least orders of a thousand from each of those localization partners and then combine them to save on economies of, to use economies of scale to save on per unit costs and produce them all at the same time together that would be my my recommendation there dawson says uh with all the new ip stuff ip stuff magic the gathering has been partnering with what ip would be extra exciting for you i was very excited about the lord of the rings ip uh that was a, a really really fun set to play for through Magic the Gathering to kind of it's, feel like it, it made sense. I heard they recently announced Marvel, which makes less sense, but I do like Marvel. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with it. Uh, what IP would be interesting. So I like IPs like Red Rising that are somewhat popular, but could be really popular if they were brought to the forefront by a company like Wizards of the Coast. And so what is an IP like that? I can't really think of one off the top of my head. Um, I, I guess it could be a big IP too. Uh, I don't know. I, I recently watched, I, I have read some of the Wheel of Time books and I've watched both season one, seasons one and two of the Wheel of Time. Could be cool to see a Wheel of Time Magic the Gathering set. I'd be I'd be open to playing that. And I, it fits with the fantasy theme of, of Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I'd be open to that. Right now, our shows are, uh, we're watching Goosebumps right now on Disney Plus, the the new Goosebumps series. And at lunch, what is our lunchtime show? Oh, we're going to watch, I think, season two of the show Killing It, a uh, little half hour comedy. Uh, and of course, we're watching Survivor. I love my Survivor and watching Loki right now as well. Uh, Deanne says that she played here. Deanne's comment is, I got to play Apiary last week and it was exciting, thinking, and so interesting. Thanks for producing this. Thank you, Deanne. And thank you for, for playing Apiary for the first time. I appreciate that. Ray says, any plans on playing Dune Imperium Digital? It's hitting Steam early access later this month. You know, that would help me get in a lot more Dune Imperium. And I love playing Dune Imperium, so I probably will get in on it. Uh, I'll probably, typically when I play digital games, unless I'm playing on Board Game Arena, I play against the AI. And I, I prefer to play against the AI. It's faster. It's more flexible in terms of timing. So um, I will I, I will probably be, be getting that, I think. I'd love to play. Is Clank available digitally too? I'd love to play Clank digitally. 
let's see. Uh, Jeff says information on Elizabeth Hargrave's undergrowth has started coming out. One of the small details that made me smile was the quick start guide being called the quick sprout guide. Are there any game components whose names you really enjoy? You know, I bet that's a slight nod to in Wingspan, Elizabeth's first game. We call it the swift start guide because swifts are a type of bird. Um, curious to see how she did that with Undergrove. Are there any game components whose names you really enjoy? There definitely are. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I do like the Swift Start Guide naming that Elizabeth thought of. Um, oh, Jeff, Jeff mentioned the Swift Start Guide later in the comments. I missed that. Still 10 minutes behind questions. I'm sorry about that. So a few people are saying, uh, a few people who previously bought Parks and Biddy and Walter from our web store are saying that they didn't get the notification yesterday about uh, about the how to get those realms for free now. It's, it, it certainly is possible that the export from Shopify did not work as, it not get everyone as part of that export as it should have. I'm sorry about that if, if that is the case for you. Uh, you can go to... Uh, you can go ahead and place the order for them, knowing that you are still going to pay for shipping. It's just the cost of those products that you are going to get for free. And then you can contact contact at stillmeyer.com to, um, to get a reimbursement on the cost of those two realms I, or whichever realm that you previously purchased. Yeah. Rick says, have you played the indie, indie video game Grindstone? It's a puzzle game where you match sets. It has a great art style of music and a very addictive game mechanic. Mechanic, mechanical loop. I have not played Grindstone, but I will add it to my list of digital games to consider. Thank you for recommending that. Got a text. I'm always worried when I get a text when I'm live. I feel like it's someone from my team saying, Jamie, hey, there's a, there's a thing in your background that you shouldn't be showing right now, but not the case here. Just a normal text. Kevin says, what about the tapestry expansions on Board Game Arena? So we're not going to put the full tapestry. Typically, we want to put only the core games on Board Game Arena. I want to use it as a discovery and a teaching tool, um, not necessarily as a full replacement for the tabletop game that we have invested a ton of time and money into. But however, for tapestry, we are planning to put the civilizations, the revised civilizations specifically on tapestry. So that is in the works. It takes the developer many, many months to incorporate them into the Board Game Arena system. But occasionally I hear from the developer and get pro pro progress updates from them about that. Joshua says, do I need to add the Stonemaier Champion membership to my cart and purchase it if my auto renewal was missed because of a card change or should it auto renew soon? Um, if your auto renewal was missed, then you probably then you just don't have a champion membership and you should add it to your cart. That is how you, you will renew it. If um if your card did expire and and, and you missed the after after you you missed that it, if if you are no longer currently a champion then the only way to become a champion again is to add it to your cart and you can add it to the same cart you will get the discount if you add the champion membership to the cart with the items that you are hoping to get the discount on you can get them all in the same order. Chad says, are there any new books in my queue? He says, I started the book Ready Player One again. That is a fun book to reread. I am reading the book. Uh, I finished The Sunlit Man from Brandon Sanderson, and I am now reading, uh, I, be I believe it's called Starter Villain by John Scalzi. Starter Villain. I am enjoying it. It's a fun one from, from John Scalzi. What are your thoughts on games with push your luck mechanisms like Mystic Veil and Cubitos? My wife has insanely good luck with these games. Uh, yeah, again, I would recommend checking out the YouTube channel. I talk a lot about push your luck and uh, and uh, in, in that channel, I have a full video where I, I rave about how much I love push your luck games. Um, one of my recent favorites is Spots. Uh, I would say my favorite thing in push your luck games is that even when you bust, you still get something good. So maybe you don't get all the things that are good, but you get some of the things that are good. Quacks of Quillenberg, I think, does this exceptionally well. In Quacks, if you bust, you get either money or resources or points instead of both, which you get when you don't bust. But yeah, check out, uh, search for Push Your Luck or Press Your Luck on my YouTube channel, and you'll see a lot of game recommendations about that. Tony says, did you find Forest Shuffle somewhat imbalanced and that some cards appear stronger than others, like Deer and Red Doe? In general, do you feel that apparent imbalances in games can be competed away? Tony, I must admit, it is very rare that I'm playing a game where I think 
this is overpowered or this is imbalanced in such a way that it, Im it impacts my uh, my fun. Uh, I can force shuffle. I'm motivated to do a lot of different things in the game. And if I ever really felt like I don't, I don't feel that deer, red doe are, are imbalanced in the game. But if I ever did feel that way, I would either have the opportunity to, to gain those cards in the game because they would come up in the card row. Or I would almost feel if anything ever truly does feel overpowered in a game, I actually shy away from it. It becomes less of a challenge for me as a player. I, I want to find strategies that um, that aren't broken to try to do my best at. So it, it's not something that uh, that I, I think about all that much as a gamer when I'm playing a game. I think there are very few, very few situations where I've played a game and I thought, okay, this, this has become not fun because I have found something that is too good where I couldn't just stop just doing that, that unfun thing while I was playing. Uh, Jason says to get Euphoria version one to the new version, is there an upgrade pack that you can talk that you can get like you've done with some of your previous games? I'm talking about wooden stars and more resource commodities. Jason, we did offer that a long time ago, but it's been Euphoria has been out for a long, long time. So we did have the upgrade pack for a while and uh, it's no longer available uh, because you know, Euphoria came out in 20, 2013, 24, early 2014. Um, but I can say that Euphoria really hasn't changed all that much. And if you want to essentially get upgrades for it, you can just get Ignorance is Bliss. Uh, there really is no new addition for Euphoria. We haven't changed big things. Uh, I, I think the only version of it, like you mentioned, the Wooden Stars. The Wooden Stars are the main, the main kind of big upgrade that we added uh, to one of the reprints for Euphoria. Um, and Jason, I guess since it, you're probably one of the very rare people who don't have the wooden stars at this point, and so we could probably help you out individually if you fill out our replacement parts form and say that you're just looking to buy the wooden stars, we can probably help you out individually. But it's not something that we're going to put on our web store again. Yeah. Mark says, aside from Apiary Scumateer and Boon Lake Promo Realms, will there be other products for launch at that time? Uh, that is spoilery, Mark. We will have some other things available in late November. If you want to hold off and place an order for our late November e-newsletter, you're welcome to do that. We will have a few other things available at that time other than just those realms. However, I cannot guarantee that the golden eggs will be available at that time. I think we made maybe around uh, 5,000 of these. Um, we don't know how they're selling. I, here, I can check to see how they're selling today. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if they'll still be available. Um, at that point, but hopefully they will be. Oh yeah, any of Brandon Sanderson's properties would be awesome to see in Magic in, in Magic the Gathering. Uh, Dawson mentions this. He mentions Mistborn. It'd be awesome to see Mistborn. I'd love to see the Way of Kings, um, a, a general Cosmere approach to um, to Magic um, would be really. Uh, Magic does have that Cosmere approach, but seeing Cosmere in Magic the Gathering would be awesome. Garrett says, have you read The Fourth Wing? Someone recommended it to me and was considering picking it up. I actually heard that Amazon just recently picked up The Fourth Wing as a TV show. Before that, I hadn't even heard of it, Garrett. But uh, I obviously need to add it to my to my list. I'll, I'll make a note of that now on screen two over here. Yeah. Is it dragon-themed? Looks pretty cool. Wow. Very popular book. Over 100,000 reviews on Amazon, which typically means that maybe over a million people have bought this book. So, yeah, very cool. Thanks for, for mentioning that. I will get a sample and see if I like it. But no, I haven't read it. People House Game says, did you end up pre-ordering Dune Imperium Uprising? I haven't I haven't done that yet. No, I, I'm still, I still feel like there's plenty more replayability for me to get out of my copy of Dune Imperium and the first expansion. I haven't even played the, the uh, second expansion yet. So um, I'm not going to order the new game until I feel like I've really gotten through the, uh, the original experience. George says, will the new metal eggs be available in retail? No, we're just going to offer them on our web store. Yeah, that's, that's just, they're, they're not, they don't have a, yeah, they're, they're, they're just a web store product. Uh, especially since we have the charitable offering going along with them. Um, yeah, for every copy of the, every set of the golden eggs that we sell during the charity auction. So over the next two days, we're going to donate $1 to each of the 10 charities in our charity auction. And the heft is very nice, George. Julio says, as a civil engineer, we go through some middle stages where we submit a draft and then get comments from the owner at 30%, 6%, 95%, then final. Is there something similar in the board game stage? 
Kind of, yeah. Um, so I don't know, it works a little bit different for every company, I think, but it's still my our games. I am both the lead designer and the lead developer. So if we have a game, if we were working on a, a new game coming out in 2024 and I'm I'm working on it as a developer, then I have a bunch of different checkpoints and milestones for the designer and I to go through. And then we go through multiple waves of blind playtesting, each wave where I'm looking at how playtesters are receiving the game. Um, there are also times during this process that I play test it with my team here in St. Louis, where I get to see how they're feeling about the game. And even after we've received the very first earliest digitally printed version of the game, the PBC, the pre-production copy, we also played that as a team. So we have all these different checks and balances along the way to try to catch as much as possible to make sure the game is as fun and balanced and intuitive as possible. We still miss things, but there are a lot of different checkpoints and a lot of different people involved in those checkpoints along the way. William says that he's also enjoying Loki. Uh, Jeff says, how do you choose which cards or the amount of cards to autograph and put on the web store? And are they different per region? So I will sign any cards for games that I've designed. I don't feel comfortable signing games, cards for games that I have not designed that are from other designers. So any games that I've designed, I have signed cards for them. They are in the mix on all of our web stores and it's all the same mix. Um, basically every couple months, Dave comes to me, Dave comes over to maybe game night. He brings over a big box of cards and he says, Jamie, can you please sign these? One of our web stores is running low and I sit down with like a movie or something and, and just sign cards for a few hours. There's a, the sign cards where you can add one of those cards to your cart whenever you order from Stonemaier Games. Susanna just got her flu and COVID vaccines. Very cool to see this working on YouTube. That's awesome, Susanna. Thank you for getting the flu and COVID vaccines to protect yourself and protect the people around you. I think that's amazing. We got ours around a month ago when they originally came out. And also, Susanna, happy birthday. It's wonderful to celebrate you and to have you as a, a friend and as a, a co-worker here at Snowmire Games. Let's see, we have time for a few more questions here. Uh, Brian says, which of the four new Secret Sanderson novels is your favorite and why? They're all stacked on my shelf in no particular order but and will be read over the holidays. I have read all four now. Brian, um, what is my favorite? So there's The Sunlit Man. That was the most recent one. There was uh, Tress of the Emerald Sea. That was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I'd say those two are probably my favorites. The uh, uh, There's one about being a wizard that I thought was fine. Kind of, kind of whimsical. Um, maybe a, a little too whimsical for my liking. I still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed all four of them. And then the uh, the one about the the painter, thought that was interesting. Um, that was probably my third pick. Either between Tress or Sunlit Man. Hmm. I really like Tress. I think Tress is my number one, and then Sunlit Man after that. Yeah. Chad says, "Do you have a favorite action actor? A favorite drama actor?" Uh, drama would be, I'm going to blank on his name now. Um, he's retired. He was in the gangs of New York. He was in, uh, oh, what's his name? Someone can say his name. Very famous actor, method actor, who's just intense and incredible to watch. Uh, I like Tom Cruise as a, uh, as an action actor. I think, I think he goes full intensity every time he does an action movie. I enjoy watching him do action stuff on the screen. Um, I also like Gal Gadot. I think she is a fun uh, for for act, uh, women actresses. Uh, actresses, I, I think she's a lot of fun to watch on screen as well. Um, Wesley says so. Here's a it, he says in previous live cast on Facebook. If I've been late, I can start over from the beginning, even if the live cast is not finished. Are you able to do that here, Wesley, or is it different now that I'm doing this live stream um, version using Streamyard? Are you not able to do that? Peter says, what's the Stonemaier game that you've had the most fun working on? It's a good question because some games are, are very stressful to work on. They end up being fun in the end, but they can be pretty stressful. So what is a game that I've had the most fun working on? Um, you know, Tapestry was a lot of fun to work on. I, I really had, had a good time working on Tapestry. It came together really well. I mean, I, I designed Tapestry while working on an even bigger game, the one that I'm still working on. And uh, I had a lot of fun working on it. Uh, Viticulture was also fun in different ways because it was the first published game. And I was really 
play tested it a lot with with Alan. Like we we got together a lot um, to play test it. We still play test together, but not nearly as frequently as, as we did with Viticulture because I have a lot of other people to play test with now. That was fun too. Kirkosaurus Rex says, love the content. Do you have a video or some articles about finding artists and how to compensate them? Quite a few articles about that. Yeah. And you link to them in the vid. It's hard to link from them, but I can show you where to find them. Maybe this is nice that I have the uh, the, the shared screen now. So here, what I'll do. So I'm going to load this screen to show you where you can find it. So if you go on our website, go on, on your computer, go to blog and go to, this is probably the best. Yeah, go to crowdfunding and look under before you launch. And you can see this big section here. Where is it? Art and graphic design. Bunch of articles here about art and graphic design, how to find artists, how to pick your artist. I think this article may be, be the most helpful. 20 plus artists and graphic designers who, whose work I love. Check that out on our website. Raul says, any plans for doing another mini golf course for Rolling Realms? So I have two different answers to this. We are for Rolling Realms Redux. Uh, the new core set for Rolling Realms that will come out next year, we will have a special way to play a new way, not exactly mini golf, but a way like that to play a little campaign through the new realms. Also, though, if you're looking for that sort of campaign style play, we do offer, I don't have it handy here, but the Across the Realmiverse promo pack is not a realm. It is a replayable solo campaign that is similar to mini golf, but completely replayable. And can, you can use almost any realm for that, whereas mini golf, you have to use specific realms. Oh, I like this pick too. Kevin's talking about Magic the Gathering IPs, uh, IPs that could be brought into Magic the Gathering, and Studio Ghibli, Ghibli would be awesome to have there. I agree. Uh, Carol recommends the second Dune expansion. Still have to get that one, Carol. I'll have to get that one a try soon. Mark says he's attending his first international game convention in the, in a few days. In Thailand, any tips that you could give to maximize such event from the perspective of both a game enthusiast and an inspiring board game designer? It's a great, great question, Mark. Honestly, I would just say to have fun, um, to go be yourself uh, and and be your, yeah, be your genuine self at the convention. And if there's one thing that isn't normally in your wheelhouse, I would recommend uh, talking to more people than normal. This is something I have to remind myself to do as an introvert that if you are going to go to one of these events where there's a lot of people around, this is an opportunity to connect with people. And so um, try not to, if you are going with a few friends, try to branch out from those friends or, or play off each other so you can meet other people at different booths or, or different, uh, different gaming events. But yeah, I would say just try to connect with as many different people as possible and to be your genuine self when you're doing so. And I think that can go a long way. Yeah. And have fun. Oh, and drink lots of water. Uh, I think that can often be missed at a game convention like this. Anthony says, when designing and planning production, does it matter if you're working in metric or imperial? Uh, I think it matters to a certain extent. I think some publishers, some manufacturers are flexible, but in general, uh, metric is the worldwide language of mathematics that I think people use for, for production and things like this. So I highly recommend using metric for weights and measurements if you are making anything. Um, even if you're in the U.S. and we don't use that system traditionally. I had to make my first ban here today. Saw a comment that uh, was about misinformation, unfortunately. Um, here's a question. Wolfdog says, how do you manage the possibility of losing an IP license, reskinning or just out of print? Uh, RIP Forbidden Stars. How do you mean? Well, that's a good question. So most of our game contracts have something in the contract that says, like, if we haven't reprinted a certain number of these games within a certain amount of time, then uh, the contract can can expire. If uh, and we, so we typically try to avoid making that happen because we put a lot of effort into making the games in the first place. We'd like to continue to print them, even if we don't print certain games all that often. Uh, we try to keep them in stock at the very least, right? Uh, some companies approach this very differently, though. They, they print one big print run of a game, and they don't do anything else with it for a long time. And uh, and you can end up losing the rights that way. So I think the easiest way is to just build into the contract that you, you just need to print a certain amount, even if it's a smaller amount, every five years to retain the contract, and then actually print that amount every five years. Uh, 
if you decide, if a publisher decides that the, the math just no longer works out, then sometimes you just have to let it go out of print and you lose that license, unfortunately. Yeah. And Chad says, I saw Chiefs football player dressed up as Taylor Swift to tease his teammate. Did you see any creative costumes this year? Um, I saw some good costumes of, uh, you know, I'll leave that up on the screen, of like Barbie and Ken, but but gender swapped, which I think was was fun. Some friends of mine dressed up as Korok seeds from Legends of Zelda and or Zelda Breath of the Wild specifically. We, Megan and I just wore kind of the same outfit just for home. We didn't really do much for Halloween. And uh, the last night we were at a friend's house hanging out and having dinner and they got some trick-or-treaters and my friend dressed as Pikachu, good Pikachu costume. But yeah, I didn't see, uh, but, and I like the Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey combinations too. That's a fun one. Daniel Day-Lewis, thank you all for chiming in and reminding me of the name of one of my favorite actors who I, uh, I haven't forgotten, or I did forget. Um, I'm, I'm a little over time here today, but I'll answer a few quick questions. George says, around which hour is your last meal of the day typically, Jamie? I try not to eat anything after 8 o'clock, and I usually fall asleep at 11 o'clock, if that gives you reference. Um, I just read somewhere at some point that eating after after a certain time just lets the food sit in your in your in your uh, in your body for that for the rest of the night. So I try not to eat anything after eight o'clock. Usually I eat dinner at six o'clock and maybe dessert around seven o'clock. How early do you have your breakfast? I usually wake up around seven o'clock and I'm usually actively eating my breakfast by around seven thirty. I have oatmeal every morning for breakfast. Okay, Wesley says, so this is interesting. He's not been able to start from the beginning on today's live cast. That is interesting, Wesley. So that is maybe a little bit of a catch for StreamYard that you can't go back to earlier in the live cast and still, until after I publish it, and then you'll be able to do so, but not in real time. That's good to know. I think it's probably still worth for me to continue to use it, but definitely good to know still. Caleb says, you've mentioned an open world game in the design stages. Any update on that? Still in the design stages, still working on that. It's a very, very big game that I'm very excited about, but it, it'll, it's taken some time. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today for today's first live stream via StreamYard, live casting on Facebook and YouTube at the same time. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday, a wonderful week. And please feel free to check out the golden eggs on our web store. If you buy them in the next couple of days, they will benefit 10 amazing charities and check out the charity auction on our website or it's not on our website. It's on board game geek. It's listed in the description below. If you want to bid on some big collections of products that we are giving away this year, take care, have a great day. And uh, yeah, if you have any other feedback about how this live stream went specifically on StreamYard, feel free to let me know in the comments. Thanks.